This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hey up, it's the No Near Never podcast, with your host, Jamie Smith. Hello and welcome to this week's No Name Ever podcast. I'm Jamie Smith and there's a full show today with a, a draw at Chelsea to talk about and guests tonight are James, Jordan, Ian and we've got a Chelsea fan with us as well, Joe, who hopefully we're not going to get too um, too angry at on <laughs> discussing some of the refereeing decisions. But we'll try and talk about the football generally before we come on to... Uh, Ashley Barnes in particular, I'm sure there's a lot to say on that particular issue. So Jordan, if we can focus on the football to start with, before talking about refereeing decisions, Burnley were excellent again, weren't they, at the, the home of what's likely to be the season's champions? We were, yeah, I thought we were fantastic. I remember saying last week, I have a firm belief that away from home, we seem to go away to, to these big grounds and these big teams and... Uh, we you know we play without the pressure, without shackles, and as as Darch would say, limitless. Really, we play without limits. Um, that enables us to kind of play that carefree, expansive football. And um, you know, I, it was always going to be a struggle dominating things like possession and and passing and things against Chelsea. Of course, um, pack the midfield well, and they've got some capable passes of the ball. But um, I thought we were, we were worth our point. Um, of course, they they dominated most of the game, but um, no, it was another courageous, um, terrific performance from Burnley and. Um, it was a really, really well taken out of by, by Ben Mee as well, who, ironically, um, for all we spoke about conceding goals, um, we've actually scored from a corner and kept out the opposition, which is, uh, of course, a really pleasing change. Um, a terrific header, and I thought it, it capped off a solid display from us once again. I think it was quite clear that we've worked quite hard on set pieces during the little break because we're very rarely troubled by, by Chelsea set piece and obviously scored a goal of our own from from a very well-taken corner, so I think that's evidently something they've worked on. It makes you wonder why we didn't do it a bit earlier in the season. <laughs> James, Paul Merson said that we deserve no credit for the draw at all, but if you look at the stats, it was quite an even game, and Coulthard's went two excellent saves to deny Ashley Barnes. Possession-wise, Chelsea have dominated, but... We You'd saw expect last that anyway, season. wouldn't you? Yeah, and we saw last season, so that was more or less the way we played. You know, um, we got dominated in almost every game, possession-wise. But that was that was the style of football we were playing, and um, you know, obviously, we know how last season ended. Um, you know, I, I don't really know what 
Merson was trying to say. I mean, a lot of the other pundits, while obviously they've talked about the other incidents, other incidents in the game and have been uh, pretty damning in their appraisal, I think the, the consensus was still that actually the result of the game was was deserved and you know, a point was what, what we should have been getting out of that game. And that's two games in a row now where we've gone to Manchester United and Chelsea and yes, we lost at Old Trafford, but I think we probably deserved more from that one and it's really good to see that we can compete in these games despite Dean Marnie being injured. I think that's important we point that out because a lot of people, me included, felt that that was almost game over when Marnie was rolled out for the rest of the season. Uh, we've done a quick swap on our panel. Ian's internet's playing up, so we've brought Michael back in who would told um, he could have the night off but you can't have the night off after all um, what did you make of Burnley's display on Saturday then Michael? Um, it's a it's a great great display from it I think in terms of coming up against a, the best team in the league far and away um, and, and they've shown the real quality to go out there and grind out that result I think um, we looked a lot better we, looked like we actually took the game to them at times and that, that was really encouraging to see because I expected us to go out and just sit back and Invite, invite pressure, which we didn't do, and I, I thought we were more than, more than, more than put ourselves about as well, and, and, and that got up Chelsea, and, and overall it was just really encouraging. Great performance from, from from the team, really. Someone who certainly did put himself about a bit was Ashley Barnes, but we'll come on to that a bit later. Um, Joe, Chelsea's home record has been fantastic for a long time now. I think it was sixteen clean sheets from twenty something like that. It was only Manchester City got anything from Stamford Bridge this season. Um, apart from Bradford. The sending off of, of Nemanja Matic probably is a turning point, isn't it? But were you a bit disappointed that Chelsea hadn't been able to put the game away before then? Um, I mean, I think refereeing decisions aside, I think it, it's probably a very typical Chelsea game this season that we, we kind of dominate possession, we pass the ball around well, but without um, sort of Diego Costa being up to full speed, there's such a reliance on Hazard to sort of beat two or three people and stick it in the top corner we don't really have that massive amount of uh, of kind of a goal threat in the final third so yeah I mean at kind of one nil I mean you're, you know you're kind of ignoring all the decisions at this point you're thinking you know have we really done enough here to to win the game and I suppose the answer was no I mean we created the the one really good opportunity for the goal we had a couple of decent shots Costa had a few um, fairly okay efforts but no, I mean it's it, it was quite a typical performance this season. I mean we we flashed hot and cold after after January really. Um, you know, uh, brief patches we looked okay, other patches we were just sort of walking the ball around. I, I think that we probably with this side in particular, there seems to be this kind of belief that they will just turn up and win games, but it's it's not really panning out that way. So whether Mourinho needs to shake things up a little bit, I'm not too sure, but. It was almost, uh, you know, a sort of complacency in, in, particularly in the second half, how they were sort of playing, just expecting the ball to go in the net eventually. But ultimately, um, sending off, you know, was, was the turning point. And, and from then on, really, we, we were quite lucky to, to come away with a point. Defensively, I, I thought Burnley were terrific, but there, there was a period at the start of the second half in particular where there were a lot of balls coming across the box and you were just expecting Costa to put those in. Um, is it just his suspension that's meant he's not as sharp as normal? He didn't really see him on top of his game on Saturday. It's it's really strange because he he takes about three games to get back up to speed. I mean, obviously he's he's kind of had a bit of stop start at the beginning of the season with with injuries and they were managing him. Um, that's sort of the fabled cluster the hamstring sort of beginning of the season. But I mean, whenever he sort of has a rest, I mean, it takes him you know three four games to get get back up to speed again. So I mean, we're we're kind of almost having to play him, even though perhaps playing someone else might be a better option at this point. Playing him into form. So I mean, yeah, I mean he. 
he he's still kind of sort of belligerent and he throws himself about and he's he's still a nuisance but you don't have that kind of that sort of full package which you've seen quite a lot this season um he just sort of dominates defenders entire back fours in in some games when he's completely at it just winding them up and and probably the interesting thing is the one of the stats that flies around about him is that he still hasn't scored um outside the premier league but Whenever he's in a cup competition, it's invariably after he's had sort of a significant layoff. PSG was was a good example last week where he he played pretty well, but he was quite ineffective in front of goal. Um, and yeah, probably the same in most of the cup competitions as well, where he's come back from a, a suspension or an injury and, and and not really been sort of uh, at sort of full capacity. So yeah, I mean, disappointing. I mean, he was you know he's he still sort of works his his socks off, but you know you you're kind of expecting him to to score pretty much every game he plays in. So we're just hoping from from our perspective that he gets back up to speed. It was obvious that he was a bit frustrated as well. I think he had a bit of a, a kick at Jason Shackle right at the end of the game that seems to have gone unnoticed with all the fuss about our players' indiscretions, which we will come to in a little while. But I want to talk about Burnley's defending for a bit as well because we, we've talked about how amateurish some of the defending set pieces has been in the last few weeks. And I think it's it's important to acknowledge that we put a lot of that those problems to bed on, on Saturday. Jordan, the way Shackle and Keane defended against Costa was excellent they seemed to get in the way of everything and Ben Mee as well we've already mentioned the goal but he was terrific as well yeah I think the back four uh, deserve tremendous credit for, for their efforts on Saturday um, of course Chelsea's attack is is you know one of the best in the league and um, as you say the way Keane and, and Shackle defended so stoutly against Costa who is as Joel said um, you know a robust uh, striker who, who can wind defenders up I thought they kept um, kept the Reds um, you know they're going to have the little kicks at each other. They're going to have those little swaps at each other. But I think that's that's part and parcel of the game. And um, I think Shackles experienced enough to kind of deal with strikers of that ilk. Um, and I think consequently King kind of you know followed that example in dealing with him. Um, I can't really recall Costa having too many clear cut chances. Um, but you know it just goes to show how well we defended, um, which makes you know a nice change um, and, and you know set pieces as well. We defended really well, and as I said, we didn't uh, we didn't concede this week, which is a bonus for me. And we managed to score at the other end. So, um, um, funnily enough, from one of our defenders. So, as you said, it, it certainly seems to be that we've worked on set pieces a lot this week, um, and our defence seems to have really taken notice of what Dutch has been preaching on the training ground, and um, you know we reaped the rewards of that on Saturday. I, I just think it was it was a, a big turnaround from from the United game when. Every set piece that went into the box, it seemed to be causing havoc, and it, it wasn't a case of they got a corner and you got behind the sofa because you were too scared to watch what was going on. And James, we talked about set pieces a lot on the podcast recently, but it's it's obviously something that they have worked on in the break when everyone else was playing cup football, isn't it? Looking back at recent games, set pieces clearly been a, a weak point, both taking them, um, you know, and defending them as well, and so to come out of a game where. You know, we scored from a set piece and managed to to not concede from one. You know, shows that clearly things are moving in the right direction, and hopefully that's something that um, can stay the same when we play in the sort of teams that are around us and you know where the points really matter. It is vital, isn't it? Because set pieces can be cheap goals, really, at both ends of the park, aren't they, Michael? So, so locking that down, if we can stop conceding from set pieces and maybe score one or two of our own, these are the little margins that we talk about that could make the difference at the end of the season. Yeah, well, you only have to look back at the West Brom game and Crystal Palace. What did we concede wrong against Crystal Palace? Can't remember. Just awful. Anyway, um, yeah, West Brom United, and when you're conceding easy goals, 
from a set piece like um, small and had the run of the park against us when when we played when we played United and it's very rare you can say that about Chris Smalling. Um so to be able to cut them them type of mistakes it's not like we're we're never going to concede from a set piece again. But just tightening up them little margins and that at the end of the season that could be the difference between staying in this league and going down, essentially. There's a lot of games to come, but hopefully that'll be a, a trend that continues. Our defending of set piece has been much improved. Um, I suppose the time has come that we are going to have to talk about referees. Um, Jose Mourinho very cleverly manipulating the media as he always does. He's got them wrapped around his little finger with his minute 30, minute 33 stuff. Um, but we'll probably start with Joe because he's probably got the most strident views on the refereeing decisions. Um, Joe, what, what was your view of some of the incidents that, that Joe's there brought up after the game? Um, I mean... I, I really, I'm, I'm really despise this sort of reliance by a lot of fans looking at referees for for the reasons why we have it more in games. But I can't remember. Well, actually, probably can. The, the last time I, I've, I saw something like this, a similar kind of performance, was probably when we got stuffed by Barcelona with Overbo uh, as a referee. I mean, it was just absolutely ridiculous. The, uh, I mean, the the first flying kick from onto Ivanovic was was insane um i mean how it how it didn't draw a yellow card i'm not entirely sure um i think marino that probably uh set him off there the two penalties you know even if you were to say get one of them one you know the handball i think was was pretty clear um the push on costa i mean you know it's the contact was there i mean he's run he's pushed him with two hands onto the ground again i'm not, I'm not sure really what's what's with the debate there and and the the, the the incident that led to Matic getting a red card, um, you know, I think I've, I've the, the the lad has has, has gone through um, the ball, Barnes, um, and and left one really really high on the near Matic, and the, I suppose the the thing that's telling that Matic is probably the calmest player I've ever seen at Chelsea. Um, I mean, he had a goal disallowed against Everton just before we scored uh, the week prior, and uh, you, you know he's running up to the linesman. And he's just had a goal this loud in like the 88th minute. And instead of berating him, he's sort of smiling as if to say, okay, fair enough. And to see him actually react in that, that manner, um, I think was probably pretty telling in terms of the sort of severity of the tackle. Uh, I'm, I'm amazed that Atkinson said he looked at it and didn't deem it a foul. Um, you know, this isn't really Burnley specific. I think this is probably something I would say for, for most, most teams, most players is that was, you know, it, it was not really an, an acceptable challenge and Matic's reaction probably really was, um, was warranted. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not from a player who, you know, I don't think Matic has, has been sent off at Chelsea. I don't think he's got a history of red cards or, or anything along those sort of lines. So for him to, to jump up and react in that manner pretty much said it all. Um, you know, I've read articles saying from from former officials, Graham Pohl, however much that actually holds weight, because I think it was in the Daily Mail, but he was saying it's the worst officiating performance he's seen in the Premier League, and, and plenty of other people have said similar sorts of things. But, you know, it's I think for, for Chelsea fans, I mean, you have this perception of being a big club and big club, big club bias, etc. I think it's probably getting to a point now where Mourinho's almost, uh, you know, weekly bringing up decisions that have gone against the club is almost kind of working against us in that referees are, are so conscious about not appearing to to crack up to uh, Mourinho's mind games that they're almost ignoring blatant decisions. I mean, we've had a penalty at Southampton, which on Fabregas, which was pretty obvious. Um, first game of the season where Costa got uh, booked for diving when he was fouled for a penalty against you chaps. 
I mean, there's there's loads of instances. I know he sort of went on a massive rant on on goals on Sunday about them, but I mean, you know, you you expect the decisions to go back and forth this season, and and they do eventually even themselves out. But you know, again, not being one who who really likes leaning on stuff like that, the the actual inconsistencies with what we've seen. I mean, I think we, we've had two penalties all season. He, he does have a point, which is is quite crazy because you don't really want to sort of think that there's a there's a kind of subconscious element to to refereeing whatever, but. I think that this was, you know, the Burnley game was probably the culmination for of, of several, you know, several moments this season when Mourinho has, has been sort of apoplectic with rage after games, um, and it, you know, I mean, these are these are professional referees now. I mean, the the fact that you can't see a, a handball decision from from looking right at it, or you know, the, the push, you know, you, you could probably argue is a is is a subjective matter whether you think there was enough force for Costa to, to go down, etc. But I mean, the handball was was clear as day. Um, and the, the the tackle again. If, if you're looking directly at it, um, you know I'm I'm very very keen on on games being competitive, and, and I quite like you know tough tackling midfielders etc. But to look at it and then give a throw in was was I I just sort of really was was confused, and even more so I mean looking at it when I got back home. So yeah, I mean I think he got all four of them wrong. Um, you know, and I it's it's difficult to say what the outcome of the game would have been, but. You know, had the had there been you know a, a yellow card, I don't think I don't think the first one was a red card, like Mourinho was saying. The the kick on Ivanovic was definitely a yellow for me. But the you know the penalty decision two 0 at half time. Um, you know, if you're saying you're scoring one of the penalties, or if you score two three, I think it's pretty much game over at that point. So, you know, I think he's 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 just basically now he's he's got to the point where he feels he's got enough um, ammunition to come out and, and point these things out. And, you know, far from being sort of like a crab people conspiracy, which I think a lot of people are, are pointing out at Mourinho, um, you know, he's, he does ha- actually have a point with some of these instances. Over the course of the season, I, I you know, stress again that these things should even themselves out. But currently, uh, I'm not entirely sure they are. And, and whether it's Mourinho's, you know, his own work with the pressure he puts on referees and them, them almost consciously reacting against it, I'm not entirely sure. We're, we're definitely not getting the, the decisions that you would probably expect, particularly, um, you know, playing at home. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, sort of ranting myself here, but, he don't, you know, he has a point, um, whether it's, you know, to sort of cover up the fact that he wasn't happy with the performance. But I think it's it's happened so many times this season that, you know, you can always look at your own players and say, you know, we should be scoring more, we should be doing better. But, I mean, ultimately, if you've if you've sort of earned a penalty or, you know, you, you've, you've uh, you know, you've kind of drawn a foul in the area, then you're, you're expecting the referees to call, you know, what they're seeing rather than going with players' reputations. I mean, Costa is, is the biggest case here. I mean, when, when he came over to the country, there were articles before he'd even kicked a ball about his behaviour and, and all stuff like that. I mean, if you're a referee reading that, I, I don't know how you can't subconsciously take that into consideration. And, you know, again, going back to the first game, first time there's a, a 50-50 sort of decision where he's been fouled by a goalkeeper, um, you know, he gets booked for diving. So, I mean, it's, you know, I don't, I don't really want to head down that. It's a campaign, you know, all that kind of nonsense that quite a few fans seem to be quite happy to uh, to tack onto. But, you know, Mourinho is... Is correct. It's, it's just it's just baffling, I suppose. Yeah. So, so I've literally gone for about ten minutes there, but <laughs> <laughs> it has gone a bit like goals on Sunday with you. And Jose yeah, Mourinho yeah. Full Jose Mourinho rant yeah. there, but I don't, I don't know if interesting points yeah. there, particularly about um, Mourinho's mind games potentially counting against him. Um, quite a lot to go out there, James. If we can start with you, um, if we take the Barnes on Matic incident to start with what was your view of that one it's just never a foul in my opinion it's never. 
Excellent. I knew that was going to be good. <laughs> I just, you know, maybe I'm you know, harking back to days significantly before I was born. But, you know, he, he wins the ball and the momentum of his follow-through takes him into Matic, who's not really that close to him when Barnes wins the ball. So, you know, and then Matic's response, it's just not even defendable. There's just no way you can raise your hand to someone on a football pitch. You just you just can't do it. It's just not it's not tolerated. It's not right. And any sort of notion that Mourinho had of saying they should be able to appeal that red card is ridiculous. In fact, just for the, the suggesting they should be able to appeal that red card, Mourinho should get a touchline ban because if he can't see that that's not acceptable, there's no place for him in football. It's as simple as that. I mean, there was an exact replica of the same instance with Vertonghen with the same weekend, and Vertonghen nothing happened. I think that's that's what Mourinho's saying is that Vertonghen, some of foul uh, a Tottenham player against West Ham, Vertonghen runs thirty yards, shoves a guy to the ground. He should be sent off too. It's, it doesn't make one not getting penalised. Yeah, that that is the the rule. So, but if you raise the rule, hands, that's it. But, but the rule so, is, is, is if you it's, it's the consistency, the yellow card. It's the yellow card offence though. I mean, he didn't punch a bloke in the face or strike him in the face. He pushed him in the shoulder. Quite, you know, he, he pushed him quite hard. But I mean, he raised his hands. The intentions there. They, you know, it's like the, the intention from Barnes. Just to put it into, well, it's not because he wins the ball. He wins the ball by him. You, you can't see that. You know, I think fans of teams like Chelsea are pretty mollycoddled these days into thinking that the big teams should get all all the decisions, or you know, as a conspiracy theory against them. When you, really, there's not. It's nothing <laughs> like that. No, I mean, you can't, you cannot think. excuse someone yeah. going ball and smashing it's someone it's in it. the knee. I mean, you can't. You can't do that. He's followed through and Matic's got in the way. That's as simple as it is. There's no intent there. There's no maliciousness about that challenge whatsoever. And obviously you talked about Diego Costa the first game of the season. To be honest, uh, my stance on diving is that I'd actually send people off and I would have sent Diego Costa off because it was a dive. And there's no place for that in football. You talk about about Ashley Barnes trying to break Matic's leg. If we talk about people trying to break, break people's bones, we should look at Diego Costa. You know, how many times has he done stuff this season that's completely unacceptable and got away with it? Okay, well, well, we could talk about Diego Costa and his crimes for the rest of the podcast, but we should try and move it on a little bit. And the FA today, um, we're recording on Monday, uh, the FA said that there's not going to be any action against Barnes for the incident. And I keep calling it an incident because I'm with James on this. I don't think we should call it a tackle because Ashley Barnes had the ball. Um, But we can talk about it a little bit more. The FA said that... In the vast majority of challenges for the ball, no retrospective action is taken as the incident has been seen by the match officials. The continued retrospective action introduced as deterrent for off-the-ball incidents, for example, kicks, stamps, etc. So Diego Costa stamping on people committed out of sight of the officials. The whole game is in agreement that in the vast majority of cases, match officials are best placed to deal with incidents to avoid re-refereeing. And in line with this rationale, the FA confirms no further action in relation to Ashley Barnes as the incident was seen by the officials. Um, we can talk about Mourinho on goals on Sunday. Um, Jordan, if we can bring you in now, what was your view of the, the Barnes on Matic challenge slash tackle slash incident slash whatever it was? Um, well, firstly, I think I've seen the incident described as um, horrific. And I think that word alone carries these negative connotations that it was meant with intent. You know, if something's horrific, there isn't necessarily an intent behind it. There isn't necessarily malice behind it. I don't believe for one second Ashley Barnes has got into that and thought, I'm going to um, have a stab at Matic here. Um, 
I think Martin Atkinson has a decent view of it, but obviously not the best view. The best view would have been the one where I think we've pretty much all seen it from, where it's been, you know, vans to death um, from from that angle. He, he has a better view. Um, he plays the ball first, and then you know he goes through Matic. When you play a pass, you know your foot naturally follows through the ball. You can't. There was no way Barnes could possibly withdraw his foot away in the space of time that Matic has come. So a clash was inevitable. Um, I mean, I wouldn't call it a tackle myself either because it was more of a of a pass, and and then sort of the incident occurred. You know, I mean, if we're to call it a tackle, but Barnes wins the ball. I think what I will say as well is is Matic's reaction was interesting because, and for that matter, the whole of of Chelsea team's reaction was interesting because. If you look immediately afterwards, there's no reaction, um, no appeals from any other Chelsea players. It's only until Matic, um, you know, kind of uh, reacts to Barnes, you know, runs up to him, pushes him on the floor, that all of a sudden, you know, things become ignited. Um, I think, and it's not in Matic's nature, I don't believe, for one second, if Matic was to stay down, clutching his shin and, and you know, screaming in agony, I think Martin Atkinson then has a, has a different decision to make. I think he would have perhaps given Barnes... Uh, a yellow card, possibly a red. Um, I'm not sure, but the fact that Matic, you know, being the size he is, um, you know, got up so quickly and um, you know went straight to Barnes um, and raised his hands. You know, we know that that is a red card nowadays. Um, so yeah, that that is my view. I mean, of the other incidents, um, Barnes on Ivanovic was was pretty rough, of course. Um, you know, Shearer was talking about it on Match of the Day, and, and he knows he's, he's in that Barnes mould again. That sort of robust striker who will throw himself about and aggravate defenders. Um, but that was a bit over the top, I accept. And then the the Costa decision, uh, it's a fifty fifty one for me. I think I'd like to think he goes over a bit too easily for someone of Costa's size. Um, I spoke earlier about how Shackle and Keane were dealing with Costa and those little kicks and, and things. And I think in that respect as well, I think Costa's reputation has preceded him somewhat. Um, if you, as Joe said, back to the opening day when um, he did go down in the penalty area and, and nothing was given, perhaps Martin Atkinson thought of that and thought, well, you know, he's done it once. Um, I'll, I'm going to turn a blind eye to it. You know, I, I don't think it was a penalty. Um, and then the, the Cartley handball. You know, it obviously it strikes his arm. His arm is is way out from his side. I think that one isn't really up for debate. But the key one is Barnes and Matic, and and that's my view: the fact that Barnes has played the ball perfectly well, um, and that unfortunately, um, as I said, there's no intent, there's no malicious there. But it, it, you know, it is horrible. Don't get me wrong. You know, it's not nice viewing the footage back. It is horrible. But you know, was it horrible? Yes. But was there intent? No, I don't believe so. He's played the ball. He's followed through, and he's caught Matic. And I think his reaction ultimately makes um, Martin Atkinson's mind up. I think one thing worth adding on on this incident as well is that Matic sort of comes from the side of Barnes. Um, so I think the question really is, does does Barnes know that Matic is there? And if so, does he leave his studs in deliberately? And I think you can look at the footage time and time again, and it's, it's difficult to call that. I, I don't think um, he's gone out to hurt Matic, but... In my view, his studs were higher than necessary on a follow through, so maybe he has um, left one on him a little bit. But I don't think he was going out to him, and I, I think the Ivanovic one was actually worse. I think he could have easily been been sent off for that one. Um, Michael, if we can bring you in before we come back to Joe with with some of the things we said, um, the four decisions then. This is the two Barnes on Ivanovic and Matic, and the two penalties. I think we're all pretty much in agreement that the handball was. A, was probably a penalty, but what was your view on Shackle and Costa? 
Um, it's, it's, it's one of the tough ones where if, if it happened to, if it would give way around and Barnes goes down in the box in the same ta- ta- tackle, I'm going to be calling for a penalty. Whereas it's when it's against your team, I'm, I'm saying, nah, he's gone down a bit too easily there. And I think that's that's the tricky decision, Mark. That's Martin exactly Atkinson. right. It's, it's one of those 50 50s, and I'm at the same point on Twitter. Yeah, and I think Martin Atkinson's got a tough decision in that situation where, say, Barnes is a big lad, um, Costa's a big lad, Shackle's a big lad, it's coming together, and he's lost out there in that battle. Um, yeah, he could probably look and go, it could have been a penalty, it could easily be at the end of the day. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it was a tough decision. And, could could have gone an easy way either way, but Martin Martin Axon was having a shocker anyway, so it doesn't surprise me that it didn't it didn't give the penalty. Um, with regarding to the initial that first half kick on Ivanovic, um, I think Barnes he's gotten in a bit heavy. He, he, was, he was trying to put himself about. We could all see that he was he was trying to get in the faces of defenders, wind them up, but he took it a bit too far on that. In, in that incident and probably should have got a book in like I say and it, it could have could have been worse for him could have easily picked up a red for it but I think it, I think a booking would have been fair in that situation so he got off lightly there I was surprised to not see him reprimanded going on to the other incidents the the well the the the, the sending the ta- off I guess the tackle in inverted commas <laughs> yeah 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 um I agree with what you, you James and Jordan have said in that. I don't think it, it was a tackle. Um, I've watched, when I initially watched it, I was like, that's, that's an absolute shock. How's he not been sent? And then rewatching it back and, and seeing it, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a clumsy pass, if anything. And is, is, it, it looks a bit tired, played a tired pass. He's left his foot up. And I'd, I don't think he's fully aware that Matic is coming in at that speed. And that's what makes the tackle look so much worse because Matic's come in at speed. And then the connections there and watching it back in slow motion was, was pretty horrifying. Jordan said, um, that word's got a lot of connotation with it, but it was quite, quite shocking to watch it. And his legs got a bit of a bend. So I can fully understand why Matic has got up and he's absolutely fuming because at the end of the day, that could have ended his career, intentional or not. So I fully understand why he's done that. Um, yeah, it's the wrong decision by him to get in, to, to put his hands up. But I, I just I think in that in the heat of the moment, if if someone's if I think someone's nearly broke my leg, and I've done it on the football pitch myself, if when someone's flown in on me, and I've been you can just lose it so easily. And Joe Joe touched on it. Matic is is normally a very calm player. He's one of the calmest I've seen on the pitch. So obviously, some some's flicked there when he thought that this guy's tried to do me. But I don't think he actually. I don't think at all Barnes had any malicious intent on that. Other decision wise, I'd say. One, there's, there's a couple that haven't been mentioned. There was the Chelsea Chelsea handball in the box, which could have been a penalty that for us. Um, then the the Costa kick on Shackle as well. So all around, it was just an awful, awful performance from Martin Martin Atkinson. And there's no other way of putting it. He should, he should definitely sit out a couple of games because of that. Um, we just seemed to get a, we we had the rub of the green on on Saturday, and that's about it really. I'm sure most Burnley fans would say that's that's a welcome thing. And just a couple more things to, to point out on the the Bonds and Matic incident. I think Jordan's right in that he says the reaction from Matic is quite telling in a way. He obviously feels like it was a very bad challenge, but the commentators even didn't really pick up on it until Matic reacted. Normally, you'd get an intake of breath for a, for a bad tackle like that from the stand. Like everyone goes, "Oh." sort of winces, but that didn't happen. None of the Chelsea players are trying to get Barnes sent off in that moment. It's 
the delayed reaction, I think, when Matic gets up, I, I think that's that's the funny one. That's why it, I suspect that it, it, it was not as bad as the replays make it. And let's face it, a lot of tackles look really bad on the replays. Um, if we can move aside from the decisions themselves then and bring Joe back in, um, I don't know if you saw Jose on goals on Sunday, but it was quite extraordinary television, staggering really, the way he, he apparently manoeuvred himself into the programme. James Beatty got bumped for, for Mourinho to be able to go on and lay out all his grievances. And he called the Barnes challenge criminal, which um, was an interesting choice of words. What did you make of, of Mourinho's behaviour after the game? Um, I think um, from 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 what I've read, there was a, a piece from Richard Keyes um, that came out today where he was talking about it was Sky had actually planned for Mourinho to come on there for some time um, to to sort of clear the air. I think he's he's had the ump with Jamie Redknapp for most of the season. Um, some of the comments that Redknapp's come out with and some of the stuff that, that Sky have have done targeting people like Costa and some of our players. Um, I think Mourinho was was kind of on war mode um, after the game and probably saw this as the opportune moment to to get on TV and and uh, and, and do his thing. Um, I think. He, I mean, he tried to be clever. I mean, what, what cracks me up about Mourinho is he he speaks absolutely perfect English, probably better than most English people. And and he was looking for a word to describe the tackle. And, and you know, he kept saying, oh, I don't know the the adjective to say apart from criminal. Um, I mean, I mean, that was a little bit naughty. Um, but I think he was he was probably trying to make a wider point by by looking at a very specific incident. Um you know the language around. It was comparing. It was insisting on comparing it to Costa, wasn't it? Because Sky Sports went so hard on Costa. Well, yeah. I mean, Ben Ben Shepherd backtracking and mumbling and bumbling, saying that Sky yeah, didn't well, Shep- apologise to the club. Yeah, Shepherd was absolutely terrible. I've got to say. Yeah, um, I think I know. I, I think it probably if that would happen to, to any player, Marino would have just used it as an example. I mean, he went he went straight in naming the Van Persie elbow um, again. I mean, you're talking about intent and intent to to hurt players and stuff like that the the tread or the stamp on on Emre Chan. I mean you know Costa doesn't look at him treads on him gets a free game ban Van Persie looks over his right shoulder elbows James Tompkins straight in the face and, and nothing happens so, I mean, you know things like that if you can prove intent by you know the old adage of he knew what he was doing then surely you know there's more of a uh, an intent where you've actually looked at someone and elbowed them straight in the face but but clearly not uh, in this case um I mean you know the the point about labelling the tackle as, as criminal, I think, again, was was definitely probably a little bit too strong. But I, mean, I, th- I think Mourinho was just was just in war mode, and he and he was going to say his piece. I think he he was referring really to to Sky's you know tagline of of Costa's crimes, and you know, I mean, if you think you've seen the the Barnes incident too many times, I mean, I think the Costa incident made Sky news. It, it was it was absolutely everywhere, and you know, labelling to be some sort of lunatic when you know I mean it's 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 happened so many times this season where any little incident um you know that involving him is, is blown completely out of proportion um you know I, I think he's he's probably just fed up with the the kind of double standards I mean he's right I mean no no other club seems to attract this the sort of uh you know hyperbolic headlines that, that we do um he brought the Yaya Torian stuff from last season which I thought was absolutely perfect uh example City's most important player, you know, coming in into the title running, kicks out. Uh, I think it was a Norwich player in the middle of the pitch, absolutely blatantly kicks out. Someone hasn't been seen by any of the officials, and and nothing happened. I mean, again, if we go back to the Burnley game, if Diego Costa flew in the air and kicked someone in the leg, do you think he would he would escape without a booking? I mean, he probably would have got sent off for the the first Barnes tackle. Um, 
you know, there are there are double standards in, in well, terms yeah, of... Yeah, but the, the thing is, Costa has kicked Shackle at the end of the game, and he's got away with it. But, I mean, you've seen that he's he's basically been... And it, it wasn't, it wasn't been, by... He's been kicked it wasn't game. anything I mean, like as, as bad as some of the stuff that he's done this season, but he's had a kick at him, and the rules of the game says that's a red card and a three-match ban. So, yes, I mean, he might have been provoked, he, but he you've has, got to say Costa, Costa gives it as good as he gets. Costa gives it as good as he gets, but in that case, you think that someone like that would actually get some decisions going in his favour, but he doesn't. Like he gets, he gets pushed. I mean, you could talk about it being uh, going down easily. If it was shoulder to shoulder, I would absolutely agree. But you can't run him with both hands and push someone over in the penalty area and nothing happen. I mean, that's just ludicrous. He's he's not had a penalty there. You could see his reaction afterwards. I, I agree with you on that one. I think that's you know, fair. I mean, I think it's, you know, Shackles' arms are extended and he's pushed him over. And it's the same thing if you if you again if you watch the game in detail. I mean, defenders because because Costa's a physical player and he puts himself about on that. The amount of little snidey stuff that people do to him, and then he, he will react, and you know he, he kicks out at the end of the game. But I mean, it's only really sort of replicating what he's had throughout the match. I mean, saying you know he's had a stable penalty turned down. In my opinion, it was a stable penalty. You can't push someone in the area with your with both hands. There's no shoulder to shoulder contact or anything of that nature. But you know, going back to just Mourinho, I mean, he he clearly feels massively aggrieved at the moment that you know. The club at he well I mean we're not we're not getting for the I said the the, the amount of decisions we should be having given for us I mean we're, these aren't even fifty fifty decisions they are you know to the letter of the law black and white objective decisions you know the the, the Fabregas one at Southampton was insane he clips the ball past yeah the, I the agree left that, that was ludicrous but to yeah, play Jeff. devil's advocate a lot of people would say Chelsea are five points clear at the top of the league Mourinho should just stop winning and get on with it they're going to win the title anyway. But I mean, that, that's that's easy to make up, though. I mean, five points. I mean, we could be we could be twelve, fifteen points clear. I mean, you know, the the Premier League is is big business, and and it's it's probably the the you know the accumulation of of decisions that I mean, we're not talking about little yellow cards in a game. We're talking about decisions that lead to goals being scored, and, and generally, if we take a two 0 lead, you know, unless we're playing Bradford, of course, the the rule of thumb is that. Um, you know, we more than more than likely go on and win a game. So when you're one nil up, you have two penalties turned down to make it two nil, three nil, etc. Job done. You can switch off, continue on for the you know, continue on playing, just passing the ball around. This has happened countless times this season, and I know I can't remember who was saying it's sort of some random conspiracy theory, but you you can't argue with with what he said. I mean, there, yes, you know, there there have been decisions that have gone in our favour this season, but I mean, in the balance of, of things, when when things are meant to even themselves out, they're, they're not remotely um they're not remotely working out in that fashion i mean you know i mean city got uh in by comparison a fairly you know a fairly soft penalty within the first 30 seconds of the game against newcastle for um i think jeko got sort of brushed on the back of his legs and, and goes down and gets a penalty but costa can get penalty area running at full speed and, and it's deemed a you know it's deemed a a dive so Okay, moving on from that, I do want to talk in particular about Mourinho from goals on Sunday and and stick to that as much as possible. Um, I just thought it was extraordinary that he was able to do that and basically say, I'm going to go on the telly and and complain for an hour. The criminal comment in particular, I think, is absolutely disgraceful. And I'm looking forward to seeing what our club says because I honestly think legal action could be taken against that. Um, James, what's your view of, of Mourinho's antics? Well, I actually quite like Mourinho because I think it's <laughs> fantastic entertainment. I'll just let you all slag him off and you've just gone, yeah, I but, like him. <laughs> but from a football point of view, obviously, he's, he's, he's ridiculous. He's just talking absolute nonsense. But he's he's great entertainment. And, um, 
Yeah, I, I like him because he makes a change to seeing, um, you know, your standard, dull, uh, cliche Maybe. manager who's not going to really tell you anything that you, you couldn't have told yourself. Um, so from that point of view, yeah, it's, it's good. But at the same time, obviously, everything he said is absolutely ridiculous. And I don't think you can go out and say, um, you know, go call, go call him players criminal and say, you know, you can barely even call him a player, which is what he said. Um, I mean, I think I saw somewhere someone tweeted uh, the video of the, the goal he scored at Spurs and said, well, you can call him a player because obviously that's a, a top, qual- top class goal. Um, but, you know, we all know what Mourinho's like. We all know he's... Um, he likes to take things away from the football, and, and that's what he's done again. He's, you know, he's probably not happy with how his side played. And uh, now, instead of people talking about how Chelsea didn't play, um, you know, like the side who were probably going to win the league, people are talking about uh, the track, the, the well, the tackle, uh, as people are calling it. He certainly got his way, didn't he? I mean, having criminals flash over all the back pages was exactly what Mourinho would have wanted. I think you're exactly right. It detracts from. From our performance, us being able to go to Chelsea and get a point, that's historic, really, in a way. I don't think that's an exaggeration to say that for a club of small stars to be able to go to Chelsea and get a point and deserve it, I think, regardless of the referee decision. So, Mourinho certainly got his own way. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's classic Mourinho, basically. And, you know, I think. Um, but it's such an obvious trick. I can't believe the media buys it every time. You'd think someone would yeah. just call him out on it. It's just it's well, bullshit. It's, <laughs> thing is, I've got nothing else to say. It's just bullshit. <laughs> You know, on Saturday night when it was announced he was going to be on goals on Sunday, you know, nine out of ten people are going to have known exactly the type of stuff he was going to come out with, and it's exactly. Oh, yeah. what... I mean, I don't normally watch it, but I tuned in because Mourinho was going to be on, so everyone got their own way, I suppose. <laughs> Michael, some of the other ex pros as well. It's, it's been amazing, really, to see their response. When you think they they know more than anybody else what it's like to to be in the heat at the moment. I think we've mentioned Paul Merson already, but a few of the others. Um, you suspect they've only seen the vine, put it that way, rather than some of the other angles. Yeah, it's it's one of the things that's out of anything from the whole incident. That's what's really got my back up has been some of the the, the comments that ex pros are coming out with regarding to it, uh, with regards to it. And I, I think I heard Chris Sutton on about it today, saying that how it's you can't believe that he's not been. Is, there's no the FA aren't taking action. And I've seen that quite a lot in comments. Pers- uh, Merson was one. Gary Lineker, I believe, mentioned something about it. And it's strange that they all seem to have taken it from one context. And they've all they've all seen it and they've seen the leg bend slightly and gone. And that's it. He's he's made a tackle, but none of them seem to have. None of them seem to have looked at it from an objective point of view and gone. I just played the ball and it and it, yeah, it, it's awful. It's, it's and, a follow through. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's uh, infuriating, infuriating for me to see to see that no one's actually looking at it in an objective um, objective way, and that, I think that's what's annoyed me more on it. And, yeah, it's it's a difficult right. one, isn't it? I mean, when things like this happen, it's it's easy for people to get passionate and carried away, and I think it's this sort of thing where people take a viewpoint, and no matter how much debate and argument there is about it, their viewpoint is firm, and if anything, it becomes more firm. No one ever changes their mind about something like this. After you've seen it, you've decided, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, it's a really good example of, of how that can happen. Um, yeah. Jordan, if we can bring you in on, on Mourinho then. Um, did you see goals on Sunday, and what did you think of what he had to say? Um, I didn't see goals on Sunday, but um, of course, watching the, the post-match press conferences and, and things like that, I think 
what we've we've touched on already is the fact that it was clever management by Mourinho to to come out and say um, to immediately pinpoint the you know minutes thirty, thirty three, forty three, and sixty nine um, because it immediately takes all the the attention off um, you know the game and you know it, it kind of focuses on him more. He, he almost shoulders the the responsibility and um, for not winning the match from his players. You know, he puts it onto his shoulders. Um, I think the uh, the way he branded Barnes as a criminal and the fact that um, did he say it was something like he's not a player or something? I think it was something. He said like something that. like that, which was incredible, really, given that he's he's forced top class saves from Courtois, two yeah. really good saves. I don't think most keepers would have got to. Yeah, I think the phrase was um, the player. If I can call him a player, or something along those lines. And also, just one point that I meant to bring up earlier, um, I thought it was really, really naughty what he did mentioning. Barnes's trip on the referee at Brighton because that was what three four years ago or something, and he was very clever the way he did it because he said, "Oh, this is a player that's already done this," but I don't think it should be taken into account. It's like, well, you've just brought it up, you've thrown it out there, you've made sure that everyone's going to be aware of it again, and then to say that sneakily, "Oh, but I don't think it should be taken into account by the FA," ah, you're not getting that past me. I know what you're doing, so. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Jordan, carry on. Um, yeah, sorry. So just um, the the way it came out afterwards and kind of labelled um, you know Barnes a criminal and, and said you know question whether it was a play or not. I think that's. I, I mean, I would have been able to understand if it would have been immediately after the match because emotions are running high and um, you know he's probably angry and frustrated at the result. But to come on the day after when the when the dust has settled a bit um, somewhat and, and say that I thought was a bit of a bit of a snad um, blow to be honest and then bringing up the, the Brighton incident which as you say was was a few years ago now I mean I'm sure we could probably all sit here and you know after enough time you know come up with incidents in the past from Mourinho's teams where you know they've perhaps um, you know done done things that have gone against the, the rule book so to speak so um, you know if it, if he wants to get into the fine details like that then then that's up to him but um, yeah as I said I just Thought it was a little bit disrespectful, but um, you know, here we are all talking about it, and that just goes to show, in, in a way, kind of, you know, the money is the fact that you can have us all talking about the incidents and, and little about the game. Yeah, I just, I just thought it was extraordinary, really, overall, and I can't think of another manager who would have been able to do that. Um, just to, to bring Joe in again for a final time because we do need to move on from the game, really, and talk about some other stuff. Um, if we can ask you what you actually made of Burnley's performance, I think we, we need to bring it back to that in the end. And it is amazing that a club like Burnley can go to Chelsea and get a result, regardless of all the, the refereeing stuff and all the sideshows that went on. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll be honest. It's it was it was quite interesting because I think probably even even you know the perceived Sky Six or whatever, Burnley are probably the only team that's come to Chelsea and actually not been content to stick everyone behind the ball and drop kick is and has it every time he touched the ball I mean it was it was quite refreshing to see a team actually come and have a go I mean I think the the fact that you know Courtois was actually tested quite a bit um was was pretty much you know testament to the fact Burnley were, were playing pretty well I mean you know we had a lot of of, of ineffective possession a lot of self possession in, in midfield and didn't really do much I think you guys defended well um you know we're, we're playing uh, we're playing pretty physical which was which was also good to see that um instead of sort of standing off and letting us pass it about but no I mean I you know I, I think it was a positive performance really and I, I you know hopefully 
you uh, potentially go to City and, and, and take some points off them if you play like that. I think you've, you've definitely got a chance. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, thinking about the football, it was a, it was a pretty decent game. I think we we weren't at our best, but you know, I think you, you guys did pretty well. And I think I said right at the beginning of the show that after after Matic was dismissed, I mean, we were pretty lucky with that uh, Ings sort of chance towards the end. Only sort of thankful that Ramirez is sort of one of the fastest people on the pitch that he sort of managed to catch up with him and, and sort of delay him slightly. Um, we were quite lucky that we did, we didn't actually lose the game towards the end. So, yeah, I mean, probably even even more impressive. I mean, when we go down to ten men's teams, actually will sit back and they'll take the point. I mean, you actually pushed on, and as, as I said, you know, we were pretty unlucky to to not actually win the game. So, um, you know, I think it's it's definitely a positive uh, performance from from you guys. Um, Going forward, I said I'm I'm quite hopeful that you know you could probably at least pinch some points off City, which would be really really welcome. But yeah, I mean I I felt it was a it was a good good performance from you guys. Ironically, actually, um, we got a point at City mainly because Ashley Barnes was throwing himself about and bullying their defenders. So it's it's something that's already come out on your side a little bit. But yeah, yeah we do play them soon. Just, just one final point, and Chelsea are competing on multiple fronts. Obviously, do you think that? There's a treble potentially on. Obviously, there's a cup final at the weekend coming up. What do you think you're going to end up with? Um, I mean, it's it's tough to say at the moment. I would have been quite confident a couple of weeks ago, but some some key players are looking quite tired at the moment. Um, you know, it really will depend if if Fabregas sort of kind of rediscovers some form. I mean, Oscar has has tailed off quite a bit um, from January. Um, it could really rely on on how quickly Costa gets back up to speed. Um, and hopefully Hazard continues to, to play at the level he's playing at the moment. Um, I'm hopeful that we'll win the league. Um, I'm not that confident about uh, Sunday um, against Tottenham. I think if Mourinho plays Cahill against Harry Kane again, that will just be an absolute nightmare. Um, hopefully he, he picks Zuma and, uh, and we'll probably have a little bit more of a go than when we got trounced by them uh, 5-3 recently. Um, Champions League, hope, I'm hopeful that we'll go through against PSG, but I mean, that, that's lottery. I mean, when we actually won it, was was just ridiculous how we actually did win it. So, um, you know, I, I, I'd be quite content with a semi-final in, in the European Cup and, and, and potentially a, a nice away trip to, uh, to Real Madrid would, would be would be quite good. Um, still haven't been to the Bernabeu, so that would be pretty decent. But yeah, league, hopefully the League Cup and uh, yeah, a semi-final would be, would be quite welcome. Okay, well, best thought for the rest of the season, and hopefully you'll be able to set some points off some relegation rivals of ours as well. You've been a good sport. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent for you to come on and and get shouted at by James earlier on in the podcast. That was very entertaining for all of us. That's okay. (laughs) Well, we will move on from the Chelsea game now. It's been um, a different podcast to usual, I think it's fair to say, but one of the things that we do have coming up... um, is an interview with the Chief Executive Lee Hughes and the new Chief Operating Officer David Baldwin. We'll be speaking to both of those before the Swansea game at the weekend. So there is an opportunity for all of you to contribute questions if you do have any burning issues you want us to raise with them. It's the first chance we've had to sit down with David Baldwin. I know he's very keen on fan engagement and those sorts of areas. Lee Hughes, we're obviously going to talk about transfer strategies and ticket prices and all those business sort of things. So if there is anything you want us to ask either of those, please do get in touch in the next few days. It's Saturday morning, we're going to see them. Um, you can tweet us your questions. The Twitter address is um, at nonenevernet and the Email addresses as ever, um, blog at nonenever.net. So if you do have any questions, please do get in touch. Um, 
Talking more generally now, though, leaving the Chelsea game to one side, results sort of went our way again. At one point on Saturday, we were actually five points adrift, so it was amazing to see the league table at the end of the day and see that we're only one goal away from from being above the the dreaded dotted line of doom, as I like to say. Um, James, if we come to you first, how how do you see the season standing at the moment? Swansea on Saturday is another big game, isn't it? But they all are at this stage of the season. They're all we're almost getting to the stage of cup finals calling the games 12 cup finals yeah I mean obviously I think I think Saturday was a you know a bonus point really um, it's not something we, you know we'd expected coming into the game and you know probably you know well I mean if you looked at the, that fixture at any point in the season we didn't expect to get it so um, you know getting a point there obviously is, is a point we, we never thought we'd get um, so it's just important I think Saturday with it being Swansea the you know they're a decent side. I think it's more of a a must not lose rather than a you know a must win because it's you know it's hard to call a game against a side like Swansea and must win. But um, you know we've got to go out and, and and do our best to try and get three points because at this point you know you look at the the home games in particular. We need to try and take advantage of being at home and try and get as many points on the board as we can because you know um, it, it is getting very tight. And the longer it goes on, the, the we're struggling to pick up points, particularly the run we've got coming up. Uh, you know, the harder it is to see us staying up. It's it's one of those that you can look at both ways. Thing I think the the two away games that we've had, we've done extraordinarily well to even get one point, and probably deserved more from the the Man United game in particular. And that is something we can take a lot of confidence from. But on the flip side, I think it's now one win in ten, so our form is still a little bit dodgy. I think three points could go a long way towards towards helping us stay up at this stage because, as you say, it's so tight. I think one win gets you above the line and then you're waiting on other teams to catch up a little bit. Um, Jordan, the, the two draws, the, the two away games, sorry, not draws, I persuaded myself that we did get something at Old Trafford even though we didn't, just because of the way we played. Um, those... those the, the results and the performances, they're going to give so much heart to the lads, aren't they? And to be able to go to these grounds and compete with the best players in the country, thats it's going to give us a massive lift for the weekend, surely? Absolutely, yeah. There's two signs of encouragement that have come out the past couple of away games. Um, I keep on alluding to it, but um, I do feel slightly smug at the fact that we are, seen, we are playing better away from home. Um, but, um, you know, the point uh, at Chelsea, um, as good as it is, it'll account for very little if we can't at least do the same at home to Swansea, where, you know, by by um, many means, you know, pundits say that the, the formula to, for survival is to, you know, get um, the majority of points at home and, and kind of, um, you know, maybe nick a few on the road as well. So um, I don't think Darch will be allowing his place to um, buy into that. I think he'll be focused on very much that mantra that we've all become very familiar with now the one game at a time but um you know hugely encouraging um you know as joe said we we took the game to chelsea on saturday and i was there on the other wednesday night when we took the game to manchester united at old trafford so um they are big games they are going to be um pressurized environments but it's up to Dutch and the players to kind of keep the reds and and, and plow on through them i've been you know really really um boosted by what i've seen from the past um, couple of games, um, and it's given us a lot, you know, to, to be positive about. I think with these forthcoming fixtures, we know how tough they're going to be, but um, the way we've you know played um, or outplayed, I think Manchester United for large spells, and then you know it certainly held our own against Chelsea as well. Um, you know, if we can't be doing that against teams lower down the division, then 
we'd have to question whether we can cut it in the Premier League or not. But whether we do stay up or not um, remains to be seen. What I will say is, if we can go into that final weekend away at Aston Villa with our fate in our own hands, um, it will be a massive boost, and I would I would snap anyone's arm off for that right now. If if we could, you know, play for a point or a win to keep us up, I would uh, I'd definitely take that right now. I absolutely agree with you. I've said exactly the same thing to a couple of other people in the last couple of weeks. I think that would just be huge and I'd back us to, to get the result we needed at Villa if it was to come down to that. Um, Michael, we just mentioned Villa. Villa have got a new manager. Tim Sherwood's gone in there. They've lost the first game. QPR have gone for Chris Ramsey, won a game, but then managed to lose it whole after Joey Barton was sent off. Leicester looked like they were going to win at Everton, but slipped back. The other teams are, are sort of showing signs of life, but I think there's been a bit more from us in, in the last few weeks. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think that's a fair comment. You have to look at it and go, who look at who we've come up against um, and how we've played as well. And we look like a team who, despite despite having this horrendous run of games, we're playing quite well. Even though even though the the results don't seem to be showing that, you have to look at. The defeat at United and it was a bit of an unfair reflection on how we were formed apart from defending them set pieces. You look at the Crystal Palace match where we come out blazing then we're throwing it away. West Brom where we, we should never give it give it away again. So I think in terms of our performance, the levels are there at the minute and if we maintain that, I think by the come the end of the season we'll have picked up enough points probably in unlikely places like away at Liverpool or, or even at home to Man City, something like that, um, that'll, that'll see us. That'll see us through and, and keep us up up the season. And just looking at the teams around us, like I say, Villa have got Sherwood in. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure even him coming in. It'll, it'll be enough for them to stay up because I've, I've said it all, all season. I, I just don't think they've got the quality, um, especially when it comes to hitting the back of the net. They just don't seem to capable. Of it. Capable, capable of it. Although Sinclair's quite an astute signing. QPR, I think, I think they're just, they're, they'll go. Leicester, they're, they're, they're crumbled as well at the weekend. So unless they can start picking up some serious points, Leicester are more or less, Leicester are probably one or two point defeats away with people, if other teams around them pick up points and they get beaten two games, they'll be so cut off that. I think Morel will just plummet and then that'll be them out of the race, um, which will be great news for us if that happens. It is still quite wide open, isn't it? I think Hull have proven that a couple of results really gets you up the table, but it is so tight, isn't it? I think it, it is going to come down to who gets the results at the end of the season and maybe that'll suit us because we have got matches where you'd expect us to, to get something. I think Leicester coming to the turf is going to be huge. Hopefully they'll be almost gone by then and it could even be a bit of a walkover. And there's other games where you'd expect us to get something. It's it's going to be those games where we are expected to get something. It's whether they can deal with that pressure because we've already seen Palace come to the serve, go 2-0 up, get beat. West Brom come to the serve, go 2-0 up, draw. It's dealing with the, the expectations of needing to win. I think that's going to be key. And Saturday will be an interesting test because Swansea, I think they're quite inconsistent. They've lost Borney but they're still capable of pulling off results like beating Manchester United, so that could go either way for me. They could turn up and just roll over and we could turn them over, or they could be a really strong side. I'm not really sure what to make of them. I was going to say the quick, a quick, quick one with Swansea is that we've got to be really careful about the pace. Um, the likes of Dyer could easily easily be our downfall if he if they 
target than me. So I think that'll be a key one, and especially to see if Dash makes a change and maybe brings in Ward for that little bit of extra pace. But that's only if he's match ready, really. I'm, I'm, yeah, I think that's a good point, but I think we all know that Dash only changes the team when he has to. I think it'd be, it, I think Ward will only come in when there's a place, essentially. And especially in Mee's case, that he played so well at Chelsea and scored the goal, it'd be really harsh to drop him in particular. And I think the last couple of games he's played really well. And maybe he was ripe for dropping a few weeks ago, but I think he's turned his form around um, in the last few weeks. And it would be quite harsh to, to drop him at this stage. James, to bring you back in, we've not mentioned Sunderland as well. There seems to be a team that's flying under the radar a bit, but Gus Poyer has gone to the extraordinary step of writing an open letter to the fans. That's always a sign that he's going a bit wrong there. They seem unable to buy a goal. They've lost at home to QPR. They've got to be another team that we can look at trying to catch, aren't they? Um, yeah, I mean, at this point, we, you know, you've got to want to look at any team around the bottom and think let's let's catch anyone we can. You know, there's, I think there's there's, been, there's plenty of teams down there who I'd say are, are worse than us. You know, especially if you you look at some of the games where we, we've dropped points and and you've got to be disappointed that we haven't got more out of it. Especially when you look at the performances we've talked about at bigger teams where we, you know, you, we wouldn't expect to get anything. You know, we've got a point at City, we've got a point at Stamford Bridge. You know, we didn't get anything at Old Trafford, but we played very well. Um, and I think when you look at those performances and then you look at, say, performances against, um, you know, Palace um, or West Brom at home, um, it's disappointing because, you, you know, we can, you know, we, you know, we can compete with everyone. Um, but unfortunately, um, we've, we've just really not, not had that consistency against the, the teams around us. And, you know, that's like the Sunderlands, obviously the game at home, we probably should have done better in the game away. We we lost two 0 and didn't really, you know, give a good enough showing based on the evidence of what we've done elsewhere. But you know, I don't see a reason why we can't certainly catch, you know, probably as high as West Brom or Palace if if a bit of luck goes our way with the results. I think that's fair to say. Maybe a little bit ambitious game that I hope the league. Um, while while we've been recording the podcast, there, Sean Dash has had his say. Regarding um, the Chelsea game and some of the decisions and the, the furore, I'm sure by the time this podcast goes online, a lot of people will have already seen it, but a couple of the points that he raised um, tally with what's been said on the podcast, and I think they're worth repeating. Um, on the Barnes on Matic incident, he says, and we're paraphrasing this, Adam's been watching the video and trying to tack it up as we've been going, so this is all paraphrased, not exact quotes. But he said, we had one the previous week at West Brom that could have been given, he complained about it after the match and we moved on. And that shows what a classy, proper manager does when something goes his way. You have a bit of a whinge after the game, and then you let it go. You can't still be going on about it on telly the day afterwards. That's just ridiculous. And particularly on Barnes and Matic, he says, his initial impression was that it was a coming together at an unusual angle. Um, Barnes has tried to knock the ball down to Jones and it's his momentum that swings him through the ball and then Matic is late on the scene and it's not in a malicious way but he does come through him and he hits him on the legs which sounds about right to me I don't think Dash could have called it any better than that it just seemed unlucky really didn't it and he's also said um, when statements come out like criminal, that's obviously referring to what Jose Mourinho said on Goals on Sunday that we talked about on the podcast tonight he says it's hard to adjust to when in lifetime Thousands of people at the ground, expert staff, expert players, nobody reacts to it in lifetime, including Jose Mourinho. There's only Matic that responds to the tackle. And I think that's 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 the key thing for me. If, if a lot of the Chelsea players have been up in arms, 
Like if if there'd have been Bane for blood in the stands, if there'd have been the big intake of blood, intake of breath when there's a bad challenge, I think that would all count against Barnes. But there was none of that at all. There's just Matic who's got caught. He's furious about it. Um, if we just do a little bit of live reaction to that, I think what he said is fair enough, isn't it, Jordan? Yeah, that's certainly fair enough. I mean, you know, from his position in the dugout, that's a fair, uh, fair assessment. Um, I think, as you said, um, and as Dyche alludes to, the, the reaction is, is telling, I think, and, um, you know, that is probably the thing that, that keeps Ashley Barnes on the pitch, really, even though we've all felt that it wasn't um, a red card. You know, we, Mark Tadakinson, you know, may have felt that way, had. Matic's gone down and started rolling about and clutching his leg, but um, and that's a fair enough assessment. Um, you know, we know Darch is is um, certainly a fair man, and um, you know we'll defend the club stoically and, and all he plays for us. So um, yeah, I think that's a, a good concise assessment of it. Uh, Michael, we'll bring you back in. Then anything else to add on on Dash and Mourinho and Matic and Barnes and all that fun stuff? I think Dash has called it pretty much spot on. To be honest. Um, talking about the fall through your leg and you remember biomechanics can you, can you, can you stop your leg um, the fall through happening and it's just an unfortunate it is a coming together at the end of the day so I think he's got he's got a pretty much spot on and it's a good reflection on the type of manager that Sean Dash is to be so conservative and, and and come out with a sensible reasoned argument about why it wasn't this criminal act that it's been described as I think it's quite. I mean, I said that I said earlier. I think before we started recording that I didn't think we had to say anything about it. But I think he has. He's been able to calm it down. He's very measured, isn't he, Sean Dash? You can tell he puts a lot of thought behind what he says. Whereas Mourinho's the same, but in a different way. He's raging and ranting. He's all raging against the machine and stuff. Um, James, you had a good little battle with Joe earlier in the podcast. Did he manage to change your mind about anything? I'll, I'll give you the last word. Uh, no, not at all. I, mean, uh, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> you know, uh, there's plenty of there's plenty of examples out there of where uh, you know Chelsea players have gotten away with you know incidents that that are intentional. Um, there was there was one in particular. Sorry to interrupt. There was one in particular that was doing the rounds. I think it was Mikel on an Arsenal player. And there's a freeze frame that looks every bit as bad as the freeze frame bombs on Matic. Is it a Cahill one? Cause I was actually, Kale, I, I, yeah, because I, I was actually going to mention that one just as you cut me off with Joe earlier. <laughs> um, uh, it was getting about a hand. I felt a bit like Dimbleby trying to manage people in question time. I felt like I had to get, get a grip of the situation. The Cahill challenge against Arsenal, you know, was a, you know, a perfect example, really. It, it was an actual challenge, unlike, unlike the Barnes incident where Barnes has clearly passed the ball. Um, and I've actually seen my least favourite journalist in the world, Chris Flanagan, has posted a picture <laughs> that um, someone had put on Clarets Mad apparently that shows um, a picture of Ashley Barnes just passing a ball and then the picture of the, the, the incident. Um, and it, it, it's exactly the same. It's clearly his natural passing motion. And it's unfortunate that Matix has got in the way, but you know, for anyone to imply that you know there's any malice in that from, from Ashley Barnes or there's any intention, I think it's just... You know, ridiculous, and you know, at the end of the day, the you can't defend what Matic then goes and does. He he goes and raises his hands. Everyone knows that's not acceptable, um, and he deserves to be sent off. I think you know, at the end of the day, the the referees made the right decision, and and Chelsea fans can complain about other decisions for the rest of the season going against them all they want, but that's not really relevant to us, and it's not relevant to the game, and it's not relevant to the incident. So. 
it's it's all sort of a mute point. Yeah, I think I think there is a bit of a danger that some of them are bought into Mourinho's mind games and everyone's against us and he likes to build his little fort where he's defending the club from anyone having any sort of criticism and he loves to do that, that's what he's all about but yeah, there's still five points going at the top of the league they're still probably going to win the league if they don't win the league it'll be no one's fault but their own from this situation it's it's not I mean, any sort of conspiracy or campaign against I Chelsea I think Mourinho's thought is that it keeps the pressure away from his players football. yeah, exactly, it's a, it's a distraction you know, if he can keep the press talking about how Chelsea don't get any decisions, Chelsea don't get this, Chelsea don't get that, the press aren't talking about well, he's Fabregas playing well enough because you know his assists are drying up. So you know maybe Mourinho's you know media ploy keeps uh, people away from talking about how Fabregas isn't playing the same way he was at the beginning of the season. You know, is the, are the wheels coming off the Chelsea midfield? That type of talk, and so it completely suits his agenda, and you know that's clearly why he does it. I think that's a good place to, to round off tonight's podcast. It's It's been a long and interesting show. I hope you've all found it as interesting to listen to as, as I have from my front row seat. I thought it was fantastic entertainment watching James and Joe go at each other earlier on. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's everyone's got their view on, on the Barnes on Matic incident and I don't think anyone's going to change their mind. But hopefully we've been able to add to the debate a little bit tonight and hopefully you've all found it um, illuminating and entertaining at least but that is about all we've got time for we'll round off as always with predictions at the next game even though we never ever check back to see if anyone's right Swansea at home at the weekend then Michael let's start with you good point on that. never checking back actually I always, <laughs> <laughs> I always forget what I've predicted um, I'll go for um, one no Burnley win <laughs> Jordan what about you um, I said 3-0 Chelsea last weekend so I'm glad that was completely wrong um, 3-0 Swansea then <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no I'll go a 2-1 Burnley I think and what about you James um, I'm, I'm going to go back to being optimistic and say 2-0 Excellent. I'm going to be the stick in the mud that goes for a draw. I think it might be one all again. So that is about all we've got time for. If you've got any feedback about anything we've said, if you want to add anything to the debate about Barnes and Matic and Mourinho and all that stuff, please do get in touch. Twitter's a good way to get us at nonanevernet or you can email us at blog at nonanever.net. And if you've got anything particular, uh, referring to the podcast as a podcast specific email address as well which is podcast at nonanever.net thanks as ever to our sponsors at Neville G they're treating us for VIP experience for Swansea so that'll be excellent we're looking forward to that at the weekend thanks to everyone who's listened thanks to guests tonight James, Jordan, Michael and Joe it was an excellent sport when we were all laying into him a bit earlier in the podcast but that is everything for this week so thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.